Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. She called it a false start. As a matter of fact, we'll share her question with you in just a few moments. But basically, it's about this. You know, we thought we were doing better. We had made a plan to put a marriage back together and make it good again. But then it didn't work like we expected it to. Is there a reason for that? And the answer is absolutely. Is there a way that if you do decide to put a marriage back together that will work? Yes, that's absolutely true as well. And we'll be talking about that on this episode of Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with MH International. That stands for Marriage Helper, along with Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. And in this episode of Relationship Radio, Kimberly, let's talk about the fact that sometimes people think that they're doing things to make the marriage better and actually make attempts at it, but it doesn't work the way they expect it to. So what are some things they need to understand if they really want to make the marriage better? Yes. The first thing to understand is that reconciliation is a process. And I'm reminded of this with one of one of the people that's on our team, Amber Nickel, when her and her husband were, were mm-hmm. first reconciling, she had these crazy expectations, right? Uh, She thought it was going to be that he was going to come home, sweep her off her feet, (laughs) and there would be fairies, fairies, I don't know if that's what you say, rainbows, (laughs) flowers, just dozens of roses. That was her expectation. Mm -hmm. There was going to be this deep apology, and then everything was going to work. And the reality of it was it was at times frustrating and difficult and muddy and hard. But since they were both committed to it, and thankfully, since they had us at Marriage Helper to help them through it, they were able to realize that reconciliation really is a process. And it has ups and downs for sure. But the other key part is there's a path to follow. Mm -hmm. And that's the key that people need to really understand. And it's not a straight path. Mm. It's a winding path. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it goes right when you think it'll go left. Sometimes it goes left when you think it'll go right. Mm -hmm. It's a winding process. And sometimes you actually have to back up three or four steps and then go back at it again because of the fact, "Mm, no, we didn't do that really the way we should. Let's just back up a little bit and start over. Mm -hmm. And it involves in that process a series of conversations. But these are structured conversations, not just, Mm -hmm. well, let's just see what we'll talk about today. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, absolutely. A lot of the times, unfortunately, when we see people who have gone to counselors during this process, since the counselor hasn't followed our process of it, a lot of times the counselor focuses on having conversations of, well, let's just 
unleash all of the hurt and anger from the past and get it out in this safe space. And it makes it even worse. It makes it harder because you're not actually dealing with what the future focus is of where your marriage is going to go. You're just trying to fix what was done in the past. Hmm. So the structured conversations that we're talking about at Marriage Helper are ones that Honestly, we have we have created the structure of. Mm-hmm. We have created a reconciliation process and there's five steps to it. And in in each of those steps is is a structured conversation that ideally a coach would guide a couple through, mm-hmm. but also that if a couple wanted to try and do it themselves, which we do not recommend, but <laughs> there are going to be people who do that, then there's at least a structure for what you focus on. And it helps move you forward instead of only focusing on what has happened. Yeah, I know we have videos totaling about, oh, two and a half or three hours explaining that process. Mm -hmm. So we can't possibly give it all to you right now here. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try to answer some of the questions that have come in about it to give you some ideas about how this works. Because if you just think, okay, we've had a little bit of difficulty, but now we're going to be okay. Let's just get back together. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like diving into the deep end of the pool And you say, well, that's fine. We've been together. We know how to swim. But if you've had any kind of marital difficulty, (laughs) the pool is not the same. And you don't know exactly what's under the water. And so we recommend you don't dive into the deep end of the pool thinking it's just going to fix everything. That what you do is you wade in from the shallow end. Kimberly, we have some questions that are coming about that. And we have some of our own team members that will be reading these questions for us. And let's see if we can give some information here about how to make this happen. Hey guys, my name's Amanda, and I work with Marriage Helper as an admin for their Facebook groups. Dr. Beam and Kimberly have asked me to read a question that was submitted by one of our listeners for today's episode. We have a wife that has asked the following question. We've been separated for about five months. My husband left. He says there's no other woman and no affair. He thinks that we are just too different, that I was too moody, and that we had a lack of sex. Sometimes things will be going good, I'll be working on my pies, and then we get closer, and then he backs off. How do I deal with these false starts? The first thing that we need to tackle in this question, and especially for our listeners where this may be a new term, is what is a false start? And I don't know if this terminology started within our community. I think it did. Really? I really do think it did because it's not something I see anywhere else. I only see it within the marriage helper community. This <laughs> idea of false start. We st- but what I believe it is for the people who use it is we started. It seemed like we started down down a path of reconciliation together, but then we went off course. Something happened, either my spouse backed away or we ended up getting in a fight and therefore they termin- they use the term a false start. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like the term. And why don't you like it? I don't like it because a lot of the times I, I'm pretty sure they weren't actually started to begin with. Uh, and that's a good point. People think they've started. Right. When actually all they did was move back in together or mm-hmm. decide they were going to go to dinner and have a conversation. Right. And they think this is actually the start because we have done something positive. This is the start. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that as a start. No. It's a good movement sure. in the right direction, but it's not a start. It's like getting the keys to the car, not actually putting them in and starting. <laughs> okay. And so if they're going to do that, when if you're going to have reconciliation take place, then things have to change 
from what they were before. Now, Kimberly mentioned this earlier in the program, and that's this. Sometimes some therapists and counselors will say, okay, let's just go back and deal with all the past. When they dig up all the hurt, all the pain, et cetera. And when that happens, people, because hurt hurts, (laughs) people often get angry. They start saying accusatory things toward each other. They start making it the other person's fault, all those kinds of things. And the next thing you know, rather than actually being able to move forward, mm-hmm. they get mired in the pain of the past. Mm-hmm. Now, we understand that sometimes in some situations, the past must be discussed. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't have time to explain that in great detail here. But there's a way to do it. And because if you heard what Kimberly said earlier, there actually has to be a process of moving forward. And if you're in the process of moving forward, then yes, you may have to deal with something from the past, but not in a sense where you're going to get all angry and mad and all those kinds of things all over again. It, it's a matter of we want to change because if we're going to reconcile after a difficulty, mm-hmm. we have to change. But we don't have to do it by beating each other up for what happened in the past. We need to acknowledge it understand how it affects us now. But if we're really going to change, we need to look not backwards, except to learn where we started or what was going on back there, I should say. And now we need instead to look forward, Mm -hmm. which typically, uh, and and we're not trying to fault counselors for that. You understand that you're paying them like 150 bucks an hour or, or more, and they've been trained in a certain way and they're doing the best they can with what they've been trained to do. We have learned that if you're aiming toward the future rather than dwelling in the past, you actually can start a reconciliation process. And so, like you said, what they call false starts, we usually say aren't starts at all. Because if you're really going to start it, there's got to be a path forward Mm -hmm. that you intend to follow. That's right. And that's what gives people the hope. Mm. Hope, when you look at the psychology of it, is two parts. There's the vision of what the future could be, and the path to follow to get there. Mm -hmm. That is what we are talking about when we talk about reconciliation. It's a hope for a different future and the path to get there. Now, what we do at Marriage Helper, the workshops that we have, especially the couples workshop for this situation, is the best real start Mm. (laughs) that a couple could go through together to, to get on this path together. Mm -hmm. If there is any chance we believe. So let me start that over and say this. So many times, 80 to 90% of those couples who come to our couples workshop, there's one spouse who at the time of entering the door or joining online Friday morning, doesn't want to be there. We've actually had people walk up to us in the in-person workshops, for example, and say, this is not going to work for me, but I said I'd come, I'm here, Mm -hmm. but don't aggravate me. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) We hear that kind of thing. This is very common to where by the end of Sunday, that same spouse is open to what could reconciliation look like. Mm -hmm. And that is the best time to, so going through the workshop, planting the seeds for both of you at the same time, and then Mm -hmm. entering straight into that process of reconciliation that our team can give is a very successful path, a very successful process and more than worth it because you, that's, that is the process that ultimately can save your marriage. Mm -hmm. So let me speak to this. You, You say here that your husband uh, he says, there's no other woman. There's no affair. Well, that's good. If that's true, that's really good. He thinks we're, he thinks we're too different, that I was too moody. We had a lack of sex. And then you say, sometimes things are going good 
I'm, I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. We get closer, and then he backs off. Now, if a spouse backs off, husband or wife, there is a reason for that. Now, I obviously don't know your husband, so I cannot tell you the reason right now. But there's got to be some kind of a reason for that. Either he's afraid to get too close to you because he thinks that, that he's going to be hurt in some fashion, or he thinks he's going to hurt you by giving you a quote, false hope, end quote, that you can put this back together. Or you may be doing something inadvertently. You say here you're working on your pies, and if you've been listening to our podcast, you know what that is. But even then, even if you're doing the right kinds of things, there's always a possibility that you're doing some other things that are actually pushing him away. So that when you start getting closer, perhaps you become a little less careful, as an example. And therefore, he starts to back off a little bit. And so don't panic that that's happening. There is a reason. It's either something happening within him, some kind of fear he has about the relationship, about himself, or about you. And instead of going, oh my goodness, it's never going to work. I'm doing all the right things. And don't assume that you're doing all the right things. There's always more to learn. There's always more to do. There's always more to learn how not to do. Now, again, we in the workshop, people come to realizations of that, like, oh, my goodness, I thought I was doing good when I did that. But it turns out it's pushing him or it's pushing her away. Okay. another one of our team members then will read this question for us. Hey, you guys, my name is Ashley Collins, and I work on the Facebook admin team for Marriage Helper. Dr. Joe and Kimberly asked me to read a question submitted by one of our listeners for today's episode. So this person asks, how do I stand up for myself? My husband and father of my two small children is truly vacillating. He's not fully aware of the damage he's causing. I want to get him to do what needs to be done, but I do not want to push him away since we are still living together at home so far. I see here that what you're talking about is his vacillating. And I'm understanding of the fact that that is quite frustrating for you. I mean, whenever you hope something's going in a certain direction and somebody seems to be headed that direction and then they start going the other direction, it can be somewhat frustrating. Mm -hmm. But, but understand that vacillation is still better than a determination to leave you and to leave the marriage and the family. And so while vacillating is scary, understand that you're actually better off that he's vacillating than if he'd already reached another decision down the line. So Don't panic when a spouse is vacillating. I I know it's scary. I know it worries you. But we're saying, please don't panic now. Mm -hmm. And then Kimberly, she says, you know, he's causing damage to the children. We hear that word a lot. Mm. How can a person determine whether it's actually causing damage Mm -hmm. or if it just hurts? Mm -hmm. I mean, pain is bad. Nobody wants to hurt. But, Mm -hmm. But hurt, pain, emotional pain is different than damage, right? Right. I would say so. Damage is going to be, is there physical harm? Is there emotional abuse? And even even emotional abuse has that fine line where some people can say, well, you know, they look at me the wrong way. And I, yeah. and it's, and it's hard even for us to talk about it. It's hard because people's emotions are real and valid, but there also has to be a a recognizing of reality of yes, some things can be painful and they shouldn't happen. And we're sorry that they happen. But is it causing deep psychological trauma, emotional trauma and abuse or physical harm? 
any of those issues, they need to be dealt with immediately. I mean, if you are to the point where you are considering calling a domestic abuse hotline, that is damage. Mm -hmm. If you are unwilling to call a domestic abuse hotline, maybe you should question if it's damage. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We also talk about it in terms of PIES. We've already mentioned that in this program. It stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. And so sometimes you need to ask yourself, not just about you, but she mentions the children here. So in terms of myself, her, and in terms of my children, is it causing any physical damage? Now, obviously, physical abuse, that's something that needs to be dealt with immediately. Right. But physical damage can come in other ways in the sense that uh, a person's immune system begins to weaken because of the stress and worry that they have. Uh, Somebody starts getting sick a whole lot more than they did before. And so if you're saying, yeah, we can actually see the demonstration physically in myself or my children, then yeah, that's damage and something needs to be done. Intellectually, uh, I can't think right and I can't do my job anymore because my mind is so messed up by this and it's really messing me up. My kids can't do their schoolwork anymore. Not just that it hurts that daddy is not doing what he should. But I can't function emotionally, as you said before, can go anywhere from depression to anxiety to things that, again, make life difficult to do to spiritual, which means my belief in value system is being threatened by this. I'm beginning to doubt what I used to believe to be true or my children are beginning to doubt what they used to believe to be true. Now, if it's pain, we would say we understand that that's not good, but maybe Just for a little while, you can tolerate pain if you're making progress. On the other hand, if it's damage, you really have to do something now. But she says, okay, but I'm afraid if I do that, I'm going to push him away. Mm -hmm. So let's assume that he really is causing some kind of damage to the children. Mm-hmm. Because she says that. Let's don't doubt well, her She word. says he's causing damage. She doesn't actually say it's to the kids. She mentions the kids earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. He's not fully aware of the damage he's causing, period. Okay. I, I misread it then, right? Mm-hmm. But the question, I mean, the question is still the same. So, okay. So first of all, I need to go back and restate a statement <laughs> that I said when I said, if you're unwilling to call a domestic abuse hotline, then it may not be abuse. There are people who are unwilling to call because they're scared. Yeah. And so therefore, I withdraw that statement and it could be said much differently. Okay. Um, But if, if the person really, if he in this situation really is causing damage to some of that extent, then there are some pushes that need to happen in that case. But this is, I mean, I would even go, I would even go back um, actually before we tackle the rest of that to even ask a person to ask themselves, am I, well, let me say it this way. So if this was, me and Rob in this situation, and I'm thinking, and, and I'm thinking of us. I would have to ask myself as well: Am I making sure that I'm responding to this in such a way where I'm not causing further damage to the children? Mm-hmm. So, am I talking bad about their father? Am I just just making this cycle worse through what I'm doing? Or am I not getting help that I need to deal with this physical pain? And therefore I don't feel capable of handling it. Mm -hmm. And could we start there? And I think that's what we're talking about here. Um, So anyway, all of that being said, and then, and then moving back to yes. So ultimately some pushes do need to happen. If it's going to protect you, if it's going to protect your children, if it's going to protect your finances, there are some of those things that you might need to do, but it's a, uh, it's a push that 
has to happen. Yeah, well, we talk about necessary pushes and mm-hmm. essential pushes. Let me explain a couple of things. Now, Kimberly was right. First, look at yourself. But this woman here is saying, how do I stand up for myself? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that she feels that she's become a doormat. Mm-hmm. And that it's like, I want to explain to him how much problem this is, but I'm afraid to. So number one, as Kimberly said, look at yourself and see if you're doing anything that you need to adapt to make it better. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, uh, you can do things like setting boundaries and that kind of stuff. But the first thing to do before that is to sit down with him, if he will, find the right environment, the right time, the right place, and then don't do it accusatorily like, let me tell you what you're doing wrong, buddy. But you sit in and say, may I tell you how I feel? May I tell you how the children are reacting mm-hmm. when you're not here can, or maybe even reacting in a way when you are here, but can I point out what you probably aren't noticing about them? So you start with, may I give it to you from my perspective? Mm-hmm. And then don't do, you do this, you do this, you do this. Say, when, when this occurs, this is how I react or the kids react. When this occurs, talking about specific behaviors, specific behaviors on his part. Now, if that doesn't work, if he won't listen to you and he keeps defending himself and that kind of thing, then you probably need to go to setting boundaries. And if you feel that you should set some boundaries, we have a thing called the boundaries toolkit in it. There are 10 videos that I do helping you understand how you set up what we call a stop, which you probably refer to as a boundary and also how you can set up what's called a core. You might talk about, think of that in terms of, well, something that must happen. Now the workbook that goes with that actually has those 10 chapters as well. And it actually gives you a workbook where you work through a step at a time, knowing what boundary you should set, how you should set it, how you should actually implement it and et cetera. And you can get that. You can find that on our website right now. I assume Kimberly, if they go to uh, marriagehelper.com, they can find that there. Yes. Click the courses tab at the top of the page and it can lead you to that boundaries toolkit. And in that toolkit, one of the things I'll talk about to begin with has to do with the fact that some pushes need to be done. Now, if he's actually causing damage, start with the conversation. Mm. If the conversation doesn't help, you're trying to explain the hurt, the damage to you and or to your children. If that doesn't help, then definitely look into the boundaries toolkit. Mm-hmm. Unless the damage is physical. You don't have a conversation. Yeah, no. If the damage is physical... We suggest you go online. You can find it. There's a national hotline for people who are being physically abused. And they give you a telephone number. They they give you ways to contact them that can't be traced so that an angry spouse can't come and do damage to you because of that. Mm-hmm. And don't ever hesitate to call those folks if you have a physical damage occurring, like somebody's being abused, beaten, that kind of thing. Please get help for that. So, Kimberly, uh, we couldn't give everything about our reconciliation process. Mm. We do talk about that in great detail on the last day of our workshop. Yes. Okay. So what else do we need to say right now about what we can help folks with before we do the key takeaways? Yes. So even this this wife that asked this last question of when do I know when to push? When do I not know when to push? How do I stand up for myself? Those are very common questions that we get with the people that we work with at Marriage Helper. And so we have actually put together what we call the Save My Marriage Immersive Experience. Mm. And 
in this, you get immediate access to the Save My Marriage course, where you explain all of the different kinds of pushes, all of the different types of pulls, knowing when to do certain things, when not to. It also comes with that of, with a 12-week group coaching experience that goes along with that, where you'll be put in a group with about eight to 10 other people going through the Save My Marriage course and and really be able to apply the information you learn But the best part is that you also get to be able to join and attend one of our solo spouse workshops. So even if you can't get your your spouse at this point to agree to attend one of our couples workshops, you can at least still go ahead and learn all of the things that we teach uh, to an extent. Some of them are a bit different for the solo spouse workshop, but for the most part, you get access to learning the 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 methods that we teach, the principles, the tools that you can begin to implement, and we have had so many people mm. who have attended the solo the that solo spouse workshop part of it, and then from the changes their spouse have seen has seen happen within them, mm-hmm. agree to attend a couple's workshop. And so you can get all of that in the Save My Marriage immersive experience, which is really the best things that we have for the spouse standing for the marriage all in one package. If the other spouse is not willing yet to come to right. one of our workshops. Exactly. I mean, I think everyone, everyone in our audience would say, if my spouse was willing, it definitely I would go to the couple's workshop. That is what that is the mecca, so to say, of what Marriage Helper offers and what everyone's looking towards. But what can we do? This is what we asked. What can we at Marriage Helper do to still give that standing spouse what they need in order to save their marriage, even before mm-hmm. that reluctant spouse agrees to come? And mm-hmm. this is the best of the best. Excellent. So what are our key takeaways from this program today? The first thing to remember is that reconciliation is a winding path. It is a journey. It is a marathon, and it is not easy. For anyone who's run a marathon, you know, marathons are not easy. I don't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) Nor shall I ever. Or shall you ever. (laughs) I don't know. With your new knee, you may be able to run one. Maybe when I get my new knee, maybe. But that's, that's the truth of it. If it feels hard, you're not alone, and there is a process that can put you back on the right path. And then that second part is expect that there's going to be missteps. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be a completely fluid and easy experience. There's going to be missteps and there's going to be mistakes made, some by you and some by your spouse along the way. Give grace in that. Number three is that reconciliation at its core requires a change from what used to be to what is going to be. And while some of that discussion looks backwards, the majority of it just learns from what happens in the past and focuses on what the future should be and could be. Mm -hmm. And then finally, guided conversations are the most powerful part of what really makes reconciliation happen and last. Mm -hmm. Knowing what to talk about Mm -hmm. and and the way to talk about them. So this is what we should talk about. This is how we should talk about those Mm -hmm. things. Now, Kimberly, I feel a little frustrated in the sense that we've told people that that's available, but in a program like this, we just don't have time to give you all the points. Mm -hmm. So forgive me if I've made it sound more like this is just trying to get you to do something else. But what we're trying to explain to you is that we have worked with thousands of couples who have reconciled and the reconciliation process is extremely powerful. But if you take the key takeaways, you can have information right now to use today. 
Now, in our next episode of Relationship Radio, have you ever tried to get your spouse to understand how you feel or what you think or what you think should happen or even understand, like this lady was just talking about, how their behavior is affecting other people? Well, we'll talk about that in the next episode of Relationship Radio. Now, stay with us a few more things before we go away, but Kimberly and I will see you in the next episode. My wife actually found Marriage Helper, and she talked me into doing this, and I'm really grateful that she did. I am a very skeptical person about most things, and this really wowed me, especially because it's in a virtual format. I am a computer guy, but I do not like doing things on the computer. <laughs> um, and uh, I always think that virtual formats, the majority of the ones that I have seen have been kind of uh, shoddy. This one is very impressive. You guys kept it really well organized, and I really learned a lot about myself during this, and a lot about my wife, too. And because of the knowledge that I've gotten, you know, I always tell my children all the time that, you know, to overcome fear, the best thing to do is learn about what you're afraid of, knowledge. And I realized that a lot of the problems that my wife and I are having and have had is because I get fearful. And uh, when we talked about the attachment styles, that's when I really realized that was that although I tested as secure, when her and I aren't doing so great, I, I'm fearful avoided. So because I learned something about myself and I learned something about my wife, I feel like I'm moving in a direction where I'm not so defensive and so fearful. And I, I think that her and I can overcome whatever obstacles that we have. And I'm very grateful to uh, you guys for putting this together and uh, doing that. Thank you. I was very scared that my marriage was over. There were several times where I wasn't sure if my husband was even going to make it to the workshop. But I feel like this workshop has given us both tools. It is a welcoming place and it's given us a lot of hope for our marriage. So if you're on the fence, I would recommend that you give it a try because it's been really meaningful and I feel it gives us a very positive path forward. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.